2: Welcome to it. It's a road show Monday. Hail Mar City Radio up here at uh, Millard West. Gorgeous baseball facility. Uh, we are indoors. That is awesome because the wind is blowing mightily out of the north. And uh, Mama Bear is with me. She is in full Arctic garb. Uh, plenty to get into. Busy weekend. We might even do some pop culture. and. The, uh, the punching power of one Will Smith. Uh, great to be with you, Chris Schmidt. Elijah Herbal back at our ESPN Lincoln Studios. And a full weekend of baseball to get into. Nebraska a little rough against Michigan. A tough one on Sunday. Spring football. Nebraska another scrimmage on Saturday. How did the Big Red fare? Some thoughts from uh, some eyes that got to see it. And we'll hear from Coach Chenander, Coach Will Bolt. And uh, we'll dive in. Uh, With uh, Greg Smith, the latest on recruiting and just his take thus far on spring football. Steve Marek on Husker Baseball. And then Mr. Blackshirt, Charlie McBride with us on Monday with Charlie on uh, hale Varsity City Radio. Numbers to get in at 466-3776, 3776 800 825 5865 can email the show Chris at com, and can, and uh, find us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio at herbalescence for Elijah Herbal. There's some awesome Miller uh, West folks that are going to be running sound and doing PA. Uh, Elijah, what should, we, uh, what should we slip in for Junior's walk-ups on if he, if he actually plays?
3: Ooh, there's a lot of good options. Are you, are you looking for something that would embarrass him? That's the question.
2: Uh, well i think embarrassment is the key because you know we can go two for two today we were emailed his report card as well we can just read that thing on here too <laughs> go party in the usa by miley cyrus so party in the usa miley cyrus uh okay that's a classic that's a classic <laughs> maybe we fire up some dolly parton for him Ooh, yeah working nine
3: to five that's a classic
2: Nine to five, yeah, that'd be all right. <laughs> just some, uh, some, some, off, maybe some in sync. Degrees, maybe some, just some SCAR. Some ska music, <laughs> mighty mighty Boston's. <laughs> we, we can we can do a we can do a lot here. Uh, it's hard enough to try and hit a, a ten to two curveball uh, <laughs> by some beast on the hill. Let alone have have that music going on. It is uh, it is here in his ear. So uh, we'll dive into some spring football. How, how about you? You got to get back at it. Uh, you got to have. Um, a, uh, an, of, of umpiring, which was great. You were back at it, back behind the plate, back in the field. You had uh, a couple of Lincoln teams this weekend.
3: Yeah, uh, so uh, I guess I can say it now. I had Lincoln East, uh, the JVs, on Saturday, so I had a good time getting out watching them. Uh, out at uh, Sherman Field, we were out at, so ni- they had a nice little umpire's cool. room for me there. It's uh, it was a good little good little setup. I will admit there was one. Uh, I called it a ball. It probably should have been a strike. And then one more that I called a strike. It should have been a ball. It was in my makeup call later in the at bat. I'll admit to it. There was there was two balls. <laughs> so and there is calls. such
2: thing as makeup calls.
3: There there was a two well, ball good. and strike that's calls good. that I just you know what I I'd, I'd take him back now given the opportunity. But other than that, I had a really clean game. And uh, when you look at it, two 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 strike calls that aren't aren't your best for your first game of the year. That's that's nothing to, nothing to to worry about. Whenever it didn't affect the results of the game, so it was good to get out there.
2: Well, Nebraska needing more clean games on the diamond. Uh they they were able to slugfest Michigan 13 to 9 on on Friday uh a tough one in Saturday's uh afternoon ball game where they lost 8 to 6, but between walks and not taking care of the baseball, it was tough and then that puts you under-the-gun Sunday where the offense, aside from Anderson's solo shot, didn't do much for you, and 6-1. Uh, to one. So you start out 1-2 and two versus 2-1. Two and one. We'll have comments here from uh, Will Bolton about 25 minutes or so. When we think about spring football, it's getting down to it, right? We're, we're not far away from uh, the spring game. Uh, we're not far from seeing what uh, Nebraska has done progress-wise and uh, where they're at. And we'll we'll talk uh, with Charlie McBride and get his take because that's, I don't want to say a concern, but it's a reality. Nebraska has so much to replace on the defensive line. And, and you know about Ty Robinson, but, but who's coming with him, right? And Casey Rogers, from an injury standpoint, is a guy that uh, you, you want and hope can stay healthy because he's played at a pretty high level when he's been in. Uh, the information I've received, uh, you had the offensive line kind of look like this on Saturday with uh, with a take them to the ground type practice. Banks and Nury on the left side, Hickson at center, Bando at right guard, and then Ben Hart at right tackle. The first scrimmage, it was really kind of flipped around where you had Miller and Williams and Piper and, and, and Henry along the front line, along with Hunter Anthony. So this was the second scrimmage. You got a different look on the offensive line, uh, which was good uh, from a receiving group standpoint. Oliver Martin, Alante Brown, Trey Palmer, those were kind of your top three. And Omar was working with the number twos. Interesting comments from Mickey Joseph uh, as far as where they're at with the quarterbacks. Now, Heinrich had a bit of a finger ding-up so Heinrich wasn't going, uh, you have Chuba that's still kind of recovering from from what was ailing him, so he wasn't active. You had more just Smothers and of course uh Casey Thompson. Those were the, the two primary quarterbacks. If you're the receiver's coach and, and Mickey's touched on it, you you want him to settle at quarterback sooner rather than later so your top guy can work with your top eight to nine wide receivers so you get that comfort, that continuity, and you can kind of get, uh, you know, a, a throwing session going once spring football gets done. But uh, by all reports, and we'll hear from Chenander in a second, it, it sounded like a better showing for the defense. I think in scrimmage one, it was a it was a, a pretty good day for the offense. Now, I think you had some moments with Anthony Grant breaking a couple of big runs. Uh, I think yeah, you had a 50-yard run by Ramir Johnson against the defense but overall the defense i I think frustrated the quarterbacks uh and and did a good job uh that is going to be a concern when you live in the world of the big 10 of being able to uh be good against the run and look it's different than 20 years ago it's different than 15 years ago it's different than the 90s the principle's the same elijah you had to be able to stop the run and get off the field but it's it's, even is not holding teams to 1.9 a carry anymore. That's just not how it works, and more and more teams are spreading you out and chucking it, and they'll take the uh, the little check down pass as a form of the run game. But in the Big Ten, you're going to get Wisconsin, you're going to get Iowa, and you're going to get some Minnesota, right, even in your own division that will line up and smash you and try and wear you out by the fourth quarter. It's imperative that Nebraska finds a way to reload, get some depth, and, and above all, tackle better. Let's get into Coach Janander from his uh, uh, post-practice session today and just some thoughts on, on the scrimmage and how the defense is going.
4: Good to see a lot of guys uh, get out there. Good to see some guys tackle that we haven't necessarily seen tackle a whole bunch. We needed to get some um, some more reps, especially with the younger guys, uh, taking people all the way to the ground. I think our running backs are running real hard right now, so it's a, it's a really good practice for us. Uh, also got us in some good situations, you know, some red zone work, uh, some stuff down by the goal line, uh, some third down situations. And I think the kids had a better understanding of those situations after
2: scrimmage number one, after reviewing the film, moving on to scrimmage. Too. so that is an update from chins on scrimmage number two who won scrimmage number two i told you what i had heard this is the man that was there watching his defense do their thing
4: I actually thought it was really good um, back and forth. You know, there's a couple times where, you know, defense came out hot and offense made a few errors and then the offense came storming back and, you know, they had a lot of good plays on us and went down and scored a touchdown and then we bolted back in. But it was a great back and forth. I thought both sides uh, – the thing I liked about the scrimmage was I thought it was fast and physical on both sides of the football. I, don't, I didn't see any dumb stuff out there penalty-wise or just guys doing dumb stuff like it's a game. It's not practice now. And then I just thought both, both sides were operating really good at certain points in time, you know what I mean? And sometimes it was kind of a stalemate, which is okay, too, which is good players on good players. But I thought I thought both groups did a really nice job, offense and defense.
2: Well, you can't just say, yeah, my guy's rolled. I mean, he's got to be diplomatic with this a little bit. But I think there was some, some, some red zone. I don't want to say struggles, but I, I think – that, that maybe had some ball security issues uh, by by one of the backs inside the, the the red zone, and I think there were some drives that did cross the 50, and it was situational, right? They'd started at the 25, they'd started at the 50, and then they started uh, right around the 30 yard line or so, so it wasn't just straight up, let's see how many plays you get, and then rotate a group. Uh, so, you know, Nebraska tackling's gonna be uh, back to that first point, So so paramount, and uh spent some time on that too just where the defense is i have some thoughts on on why tacklings can be an issue and has been an issue it's not good enough right now um but
4: in spring football you don't get a ton of shots to tackle live to the ground you know we'll get a little bit more work in that but we can definitely use the work throughout the rest of spring and then as we move into fall camp we can definitely use some more tackling work
2: Elijah, it's just a different world with uh, with tackling. You either got to go get guys that come out of high school ahead of the curve tackling, or you've got to find guys that can make a difference uh, when they get here and they're athletic enough and physical, uh, physical enough to, to be able to wrap up. You just don't get as much live work anymore. Yet when it comes to Saturdays, you're expected to go perform and, and make a one-on-one tackle against incredible athletes in space or in the phone booth of the line of scrimmage. It's just a tough ask, and I get in the name of health and safety, you're not banging away like you did 25, 30 years ago. But it, it it's hard to have a good tackling, good defensive football team when you're not getting ahead at all or very often.
3: Yeah, and, and the one difference between what you see in that – uh, the, the live contact as opposed to what they're going to be repping here in the spring is those – like you see the, the the rings that they roll in practice videos and you go tackle the ring or you have a guy that's holding a pad in front of him and you go ta- – the difference is, is those things aren't trying to run you over. They aren't Braylon Allen they coming at back. you. They don't get back. Yeah, they aren't Braylon Allen <laughs> coming at you at 240 pounds running a 4 four forty, trying to truck you. That's a difference. You don't have the, the guys like Chris Alave and Jackson Smith and Jigba that'll juke you out of your shoes while you're trying to break down and make that tackle. So you can have the right form, but there is a, a different level you need to get into uh, by the time the, the actual season rolls around. And, and that's why, you know. You have those warm up games early in the year. That's why you get more full contact practices through fall camp. And I-, I think the tackling will get there, especially when you start getting some of those more experienced guys back on the defense.
2: Chidander did touch on being able to improve tackling without full contact practices. That is the trick. Nebraska is facing, that's the trick. Uh, you saw Clemson last year when they had to kind of replace their defense. Uh, You lose a lot, and it's really hard to reload in today's day and age with limited contact. More from Coach Chins. I think you just got to keep drilling it. You got to keep talking about it, and you got to keep enforcing. uh,
4: You know, when we're in a tag-off period or a thud period, you got to keep enforcing leverage. You got to keep enforcing angles. You got to keep enforcing body posture and where your eyes are at. So there's things that you can do to offset it, but you'll never completely offset the lack of a live tackle.
2: So let's hear from Coach Shenander here. On that progress report, where is the defensive line at here at this point? Just a handful of practices. I think four left. Uh, That includes the spring game.
4: Yeah, I, th- I think the whole crew, you know, has, has done a lot of good things. And, um, you know, obviously, you know, Nash got some reps last year and Colton Feast got a lot of reps last year. And the guys that haven't got as many reps, the Mosai Newsoms and Marquise Blacks and Ruquan and Jalen, those are the guys we need to continue to get a little bit more out of as we move forward.
2: And uh, critical to success, absolutely, that defensive line. One last thought from Chins.
4: Yeah, I think it doesn't matter what defense you play in, doesn't matter what league you play in, if you don't have good defensive linemen, you'll never be good on defense. So I think those guys are very, very critical in your success no matter where you're at. If it's high school, whether it's the NFL, whether it's college, whether it's the Big Ten, ACC, SEC, it doesn't matter. Those guys are super, super critical to the success of the defense.
2: We'll get into some goals here. uh, Out of Sammy McEwen's rewind column, you had a reader submit – uh question you know what what does 6 and 6 do for nebraska uh next year is is that acceptable and uh the other mailbag question i found interesting was how about a 2 and 2 start can you survive that if you're the head coach and you know not to, to put a fan hat on i don't do that but you just don't want to go through another year if you're nebraska of of not getting Getting to the postseason, not having a good record against your peers in the West, uh, not having uh, games that are within grasp, Elijah, and closing those out, That, that can't be what 2022 looks like. You have new staff, which is great. You have new players that need to step up. But uh, you've got enough guys on this team that need to help get them over the hump.
3: And the date that that contract buyout lowers is October first. Is that correct? I believe it's after the four non-conference the games, and, the, and then you, you get a bye week where I think you'll get to make your decision. I think it's after Indiana.
2: Yeah, so I, I yeah, think it's after Indiana. Mm-hmm. So. So that's mm-hmm. that's the uh, that's that's the timeline, but. Uh, quite frankly, you, you should beat Northwestern. You should beat North Dakota. You should beat Georgia Southern. Uh, don't know if Oklahoma is going to be vintage OU, right? That's one you can get at home. You would think, uh, maybe not. But go take care of business in your own neighborhood uh, against some of the West teams. Uh, we are here at Millard West. It's a road show. As Junior and his freshman buddies from Lincoln Southwest on the road against the Wildcats. A few warm-ups going on right now. And uh, I get to watch and uh, do some radio. It's pretty good. Uh, On the way, Greg Smith, Recruiting Insider with Hale Varsity next. Hello, listener. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio. And I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show Of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com. Backslash subscribe. Promo code GBR. And now. And now back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back here on the road at Millard West, the Wildcats and uh, freshman uh, Silverhawks. Get going in about five minutes. Some infield going on. As it's time to talk some recruiting, the wind is vicious. Out of the, uh, the, the north. Uh, but hey, I'm not out there. It's okay. We say out of Greg Smith from com and Magazine at Greg Smith, HV on Twitter. Greg, are you still in a parking lot? Hello. You know, I did not end up in the parking
5: lot, weirdly. Uh, things change quickly around here. Um, I'm just kind of rolling with the punches as we go along the day.
2: So you sound. Uh, pleasantly frustrated. <laughs> <laughs>
5: okay, yeah, that, that would be a good way uh, to sum up how things <laughs> have gone around the Smith household uh, this afternoon. But Elijah informed me that it's supposed to be 70 tomorrow, which I did not know. So maybe my day will turn around when I figure out something to grow.
2: Dude, it's going to be like 79, and I don't know which way your grill faces, but uh, I, I, I was expecting you to be in the parking lot, like staking out a a giant side of beef deal or something. And then you were going to call me over.
5: I, I mean, one of those could happen. I'm not sure which I, I will leave that up to your imagination. Uh, but one of those things could happen.
2: Greg, let's uh, hit on some recruiting. We'll, we'll get your, your take on Xavier Betts also, but Nebraska able to, to have kind of a coach's clinic and, uh, and, and, Correct me if I'm wrong, there were some kids uh, also uh, in uh, in Lincoln this weekend to check out the scrimmage, i.e. Malachi Coleman. You know, let's start with Malachi, and, and I know Washington just offered him. The world has offered Malachi, incredible talent, great kid out of East. But uh, what's your feel so far with where he's at um, in, his, in his process? And, and who are some of the other kids that may have been on campus to see that scrimmage Saturday?
5: Yeah, it started with Malachi. It's really interesting, and it's really a neat thing to see here locally, um, to see a kid in Lincoln East um, really blow up nationally on the scene. Um, and I think that the secret kind of got out on him last year during his junior season, and he was more of a uh, regional prospect, and then he started going out and doing some different camps and stuff, went out with his 7-on-7 team, did some tournaments, Nebraska Elite, and went down south and picked up that offer from Georgia after kind of impressing at a camp down there, or a tournament down there, and things have just continued to take off. Like you said, Washington, uh, the latest to offer. Uh, he had been back on campus though. Like It's, it's always good when, when you get you know, what is Nebraska's top target for the 23 class back on campus again. I think that the Huskers are, are in a good position with him. I, I think that they're going to be in the mix um and to the end. But, man, we're getting a lot of a lot of stiff competition coming in for him. Um, but it, it's going to be interesting to see what he wants in the process. But I think he's going to continue to let this play out. I, the Husker fans are going to end up, I think, a little bit nervous as he wants to drag – not drag this out, but he wants to play out the process and kind of visit some more schools. I think he's going to go back and go out and check out Oregon here coming up as well. Um, so things will get interesting, but I do think Nebraska will continue to stay in the mix um, for his services. He's a really talented player.
2: Do you have a feel? I mean, have you talked to any coaches around the country or, or any insight? What's your personal take on, on where he could thrive best? We've seen his ball skills and light up uh, defense after defense. We've also seen him uh, introduce himself to the quarterback quite a bit uh, in, in prep ball. Where do you think he could be best at the next level?
5: I know that people get really excited about him being kind of a monster off of the edge, and and, you know, definitely the potential is there. I like him best at wide receiver. I think it would be a more natural kind of body fit um, for him to get up and and be in that 185 to 200 pound range, um, even at 6'4", 6'5", and and still keep his speed and be a really, really good wide receiver. I, I just think that that would, for me, be the way that I would go, but the same way that college coaches, will college coaches continue to tell him, I hear this from people around the center, I hear it from Malachi himself, is that they're leaving it up to what happens with his body development, and that will be something that when we get to the beginning of the Nebraska high school football season, that'll be one of the things everybody's watching is how much bigger did he get over the offseason.
3: Yeah, and Greg, if, if he does get bigger, what's your comp for what he could become as a pass rusher? I mean, from a from a wide receiver standpoint, you can see the, the physical tools there, but uh, from outside linebacker, pass rusher type of guy, do you see a a Randy Gregory mold I know that's that's high aspirations but is that the same type of of player you would see him becoming if he did choose to become a pass rusher or if the coaches chose for me to become a pass rusher the next level
5: yeah, it's so hard to put that on a kid, but that is the name that I was thinking, because Randy Gregory, um, just because you're looking at a really kind of a wiry kind of athletic freak on the outside um, that can really bend and get around offensive tackles because they're just too fast for them. Um, that is the comp- comparison that I would make, and I think that that would be the ceiling. Uh, but it's so tough to, to put that on a kid. But yeah, I think that that would be the ultimate dream if you end up putting him in that spot.
2: Greg Smith's with us, com and magazine, recruiting insider at Greg Smith, HV on Twitter. Greg, uh, some other names that, t- to watch on the offensive and defensive line that Nebraska's targeting here for 2023. What's the latest?
5: Yeah, so so one of the kids. And I'm sorry, you asked me about guys that were on campus this weekend. One of the kids that was on campus this weekend was Brant Rice, um, a 2023 um, offensive lineman out of Wisconsin. He's about six four, six five, two seventy, and he's put on thirty, forty pounds since the end of his junior season. So, like we were talking about with Malachi, where these kids can really put on a lot of weight in a short amount of time. It can happen <laughs> with these young kids, um, and, and Rice is definitely one that that happened with. And he was really high on Nebraska's culture and what he saw. Um, I talked to him over the weekend, Um, and he really liked what he saw, and he really liked uh, Coach Donovan Rayola. I think that one of the things that, you know, we we just don't know because we haven't gotten to talk to him a lot, um, kind of in interviews, and fans haven't gotten to see a lot of him, but it feels like recruits have really responded well to Coach Rayola. Um, All the offensive linemen I've talked to that he's been around on campus have really just raved about his football knowledge and his ability to relate to them. Um, There's another kid on campus, Andre Davis, who's a 6'4", 200-pound wide receiver for the 2023 class out of Kansas. Um, by all accounts, that that visit went really well. I didn't get a, a full interview with him. He just said that the visit went well. Um, and Nebraska will continue to bring guys in. As, as I think the next big thing will be what starts to happen with that spring game. because I think there's going to be a lot of talent coming to Lincoln uh, for the spring game.
3: Greg, uh, we spent some time last week, a few minutes actually, talking about Caden Green. He was on campus uh, two weekends ago, and we learned since our interview last week that he has now put Nebraska into his top five. Not entirely unexpected, but what kind of of battle is Nebraska going to be facing trying to secure the, the signing of Green? (laughs)
5: <laughs> a huge one um, is, is the battle that they're looking in for That As we were talking about uh, Michigan, Oklahoma, Miami, Missouri, and Nebraska. I think they're the, the, the top five schools. Um, Oklahoma and Michigan, I think, are the teams out front right now. Uh, they've been doing a really good job recruiting. Nebraska has made a strong push, though. I think that, like he told me when I talked to him last week or a couple of weeks ago, um, he really had his eyes open by what he saw at Nebraska. Um, Coach Bush is the one that had really kind of Started that recruitment and, and really gotten into his ear. His high school coach really likes Nebraska as well, so I think that those will keep Nebraska kind of in the mix. Um, and he he did say that the, the teams that were in his top five are the schools that are going to get official visits. So we know that Nebraska can get a, get an official visit, um, especially around a game. I, I think that that would really help them and could boost their chances. But that one's going to be a tough battle.
2: Greg uh, what are the, your thoughts on Xavier Betts uh, an update if you can provide if or if you don't have one no worries either bud but you know what's your read on this thing here after kind of the bombshell Thursday uh, and the, the team went on and practiced uh, one of their contact days Saturday and yeah you still have a door open I believe but what are you hearing what are you feeling? <laughs>
5: Yeah, my sense is is that the way that Scott Frost kind of addressed it when, he, when it came out on a Thursday, um, it, it sounded to me that we were almost certainly headed towards this being the aim for Xavier Betts at Nebraska. Um, I, I am not sure if that meeting even took place that had been kind of alluded to between Betts and Frost on Friday. Um, and if it did not, then I definitely think that that means that you, you've seen the end of Betts at Nebraska. It's unfortunate if you have, um, j- just because of all of the talent that you have there with Betts. Obviously, you wish him the best Um, as a person moving forward, but there had been significant investment um, from Nebraska in trying to make sure that he got here, make sure you kept him comfortable and all of that. Um, I wonder if if Betts feels ultimately like Nebraska still kind of dropped the ball in that aspect. I I wonder if things would have been different if Mickey Joseph had been here for the last couple of years or just getting here this offseason. But I I, I would not feel good about Xavier Betts' status uh, staying on the team.
2: Greg uh, I think that's a fair point if in it and it's not fair uh but it, because it is what it is but to go rear view for a second if you somehow make the Mickey hire 2 years ago uh maybe there's not so much I don't want to say discomfort but transition because and Greg to your point you had a just a killer column Friday into Saturday with Nebraska's retention rate with Four Stars I mean 29% that's that's my average in chemistry man
5: yeah, it, it's tough. Like it, it's really rough uh, when you look at four-star retention rate. When you look at wide high school wide receiver retention rate um, uh, under Scott Frost, like it's it's just bad um, at this point. And it kind of points though to when you really you really look at it and feel the layers back, you go, well, okay, the, the retention rate is bad with high school wide receivers, but the turnover of wide receiver coaches has has not been good. Your wide receiver play has been really inconsistent, and that's been for a. Period of reasons, whether or not that's coaching development, not being able to relate to players, um, also the, the offense being difficult for guys to pick up right away. Like there's just been, you know, a handful of reasons why it's happened, and you totally understand how Nebraska has been in this situation, uh, but it's also the, this coach's uh, job to be able to get that fix and move it forward. You hope that they, for their sake, they're able to do that with Mickey Joseph in the fold now.
2: Greg, what's coming up from you with Hale Varsity? What's on your radar here? And I know we're getting down to it when it comes to remaining practices left for spring football.
5: Yeah, I think, well, I just had a thing go, go live earlier today um, with Eric Evans, who is the head coach of Nebraska Elite 7 out 17, which also happens to be Malachi Coleman's team. Daniel Kalin is also on that team. Benny Goy um, is also on that team. So is Davon Hall. Um, so this not catching up with him to get the, the loadout on what's happening with that team and have some more on that uh, later. Also starting to confirm uh, more of these spring game visitors, so I'll get some some visit preview stuff up on the site as well. Um, and I think Husker fans will be really- Really happy with some of the visitors coming in that weekend, but it's no time like the present to start to get that together.
2: Greg, we'll get caught up again. Big uh, thanks to you for making time. And uh, again, if you, uh, if you got something on the grill tomorrow, you got you to send that text message, man.
5: I, I, I will keep you in mind. We'll see what I can get going here. All
2: right. Greg Smith with us from Hale Varsity. Uh, we're uh, underway with uh, Millard West and, Southwest Freshman Ball. We'll uh, keep you updated on that score and how things are going. Really good lefty on the hill uh, for Millard West. As uh covered up, we'll dive into Willow Bolt, Nebraska's tough weekend. Hail Varsity on the road continues.
6: Hello, listener. This is Brandon Vogel, managing editor of Hale Varsity, and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price of $29.99. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at hailvarsity.com. Just go to hailvarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's HailVarsity.com slash subscribe promo code GBR. And we're back. fellas.
1: we could listen to the radio. Listen. On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska
7: Lottery. Yes! That's awesome!
2: Thanks for hanging out. Hale Varsity Radio. We're on the road up here at uh, Millard West. Really awesome stadium and setup. As uh, Millard West uh, is the home team, a doubleheader going on against Southwest. Freshman Ball. And uh, right now we are top of one, scoreless, uh, one out with Southwest batting. Numbers to get in, 466 5865 can email Chris at HaleVarsity.com and uh, give us a follow. Find us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio or at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal. You uh, can also follow HaleVarsity and ESPN. Lincoln on social media media channels. So Elijah, uh, baseball is in the air, and uh, what could have been a big weekend for Nebraska uh, was not a big weekend. It was another tough weekend. At least Nebraska won a game. They had a chance to, and they really needed to win two out of three. Uh, there's still time left in the Big Ten season, but now you're uh, you're still kind of going uphill with Nebraska's pitching and hitting kind of up and down as the season continues uh, the the thing that has been really good for Nebraska has been defensive work uh, under Will Bolt. That's not the case this year. Uh, Nebraska able to come back uh, from down three and tie things up uh, against the Wolverines in Friday uh, when it comes to, to Saturday uh, you had a chance to seize control but uh, you had some some tough plays on the infield, and Nebraska right now is is creeping up towards their season total in errors from a year ago, with half as many a- a- attempts. I mean, they're just having a, a really difficult time uh, being steady in the field. You're nine and thirteen. You've committed 28 a- errors this year and you've had fewer than than 800 chances so far in 2022. You had 36 errors in uh 1700 chances last year. And Elijah, you know it and I know it, man, if if you get stagnant on the on the hill and you're walking players or worse yet you're you're doing what <laughs> coach wants you to do and that's put the ball in play and and guys aren't making plays for you, that shakes your confidence as a pitcher. Uh, The ball will always find you if you're shaking a little bit in confidence and you can't depend on an offense that was supposed to be an offense that had uh, a a jump in power. The the reality is this. They're just a young baseball team that needs to keep fighting. They will and kind of stabilize a little bit and, and fight through some of these growing pains and things you expect to be decent and that's fielding. You work on that all the time, every day.
3: Yeah, it's exactly as you said. Uh, I mean, whenever it's not one thing, it's another. When the pitching does well, it feels like the hitting is going to be failing. Whenever the hitting and pitching is doing well, the the defense isn't picking the team up. It it just feels like Every game, there, there's a new issue this team has to overcome, and that's a, a part of being a young team is uh, they're, they're learning and they're growing, as you said. And, and I do think we're going to see this team get a lot better as the year goes on. The question is, is how many series can you drop in Big Ten play before you start thinking, well, maybe this team's not going to make postseason after all, just because the Big Ten, we, we, we all know it, we've seen it the past couple of years, is not a strong conference for baseball by any means. It's improving in that regard, but you can't lose many series in the Big Ten and still expect to be able to, to make a, a postseason run, be able to uh, make it to a, a decent regional. None of that stuff's going to happen if you continue uh, piling series loss after series loss. they got to get this thing fic- fixed quick, and it, I think it, it starts with the bats. It starts with getting consistent offense and then you can start working on the on the other areas just because w- without offense I mean you can expect this team to put up five six runs and keep that game yesterday close but when you only put up one run there there's not much you can do you can't ex- expect that your pitching staff and your defense is going to go out there and hold every team you played only one or two runs the offense has to get it going
2: well and, and you yeah, you get a, a, a decent start on sunday and then relief comes in and and you look at the walks per innings pitched and that's just not good and this homestand that was supposed to get you a little bit of pep a little bit of momentum right i mean you ended up going five and four uh, and that's against uno that's against uh, new mexico state that's against the the other a&m that's against michigan Uh, i don't know that you can lose another series uh with with where the big ten is at this year uh Quite honestly, I mean, I think you need to, to, to go two and one the rest of the way in the Big Ten. You can still pull some magic out in the Big Ten tournament, but don't put yourself in that position. I, I think it's really difficult to, to talk about uh, a regional right now unless they get things flipped around. Let's hear from Will Bolt here on the uh, what has been consistent, and that is the inconsistency by Nebraska baseball.
7: That's the one thing we've been consistent with is inconsistency. I mean, the, the, the message to the team last night after the game was we didn't win, but we competed hard. We competed to the last out. Uh, I thought we were on the way to turning the corner offensively a little bit after the first two days this weekend. And, um you know, again, we kind of had our moment there in the first inning. It's, everything's set up for us, four pitch walk. Um, you know, they don't get it out there at second base. And, uh, you know, you've got kind of got your moment to go take control of a game and uh, have a chance to go win a series. And it just, that was kind of the, the tone set there when we didn't get that job done. And, you know, we're just laid on the fastball and, um, you know, kind of let him settle in when it looked like he was getting ready to, to, to go sideways there in the first
2: more from Will Bolt, uh, cut 13 here on those little mistakes that have been problematic for Nebraska this year.
7: Well, I think today there's some things mentally in the first inning that, you know, we missed a couple signs. Um, Probably have a chance to put a runner in motion 3-2 right there and if we do, the, the ground ball doesn't go to second base. The second baseman covers the bag, and we go first and third. And uh, just little stuff like that. I mean, and it's from guys that have been around. It's not, it's not young guys. So, uh, again, it, it's just little stuff like that that's pretty magnified on days like today when you've got to go find a way to win.
2: So that's, that's troubling to hear if you're a Nebraska baseball fan when it comes the, to the little things and some guys not, not doing what they need to do. And it's the upperclassmen that uh, he touched on. It's that senior leadership, juniors that have been in the program and have some experience. It's not necessarily the freshman uh, guys needing to, uh, to, to fix things. So a called strike three as two were on in scoring position for Southwest freshmen against Millard West, a really – Dirty <laughs> curveball on the outside corner that uh, was uh, was called strike three. So the uh, Silverhawks are now uh, onto the field. Junior is making his debut at third. We'll see if it if it is Butcher time or if it is Gold Glove time. We'll uh, <laughs> keep you posted. Elijah is the delay on. Is the delay on like from you for and me? Swearing. Oh! Oh no! Yes. No! No! Yeah, no! Yeah! Yeah!
3: No! I, I've turned the delay off. We only use that for uh, one show around here, and it's not this one.
2: Okay, I, I'm just saying. You know, I will contain my my emotions. Okay. Okay. With uh, with number five at the hot corner, strong throw across the diamond there in a warm up. That's that's wonderful.
3: Hey, that's that's, uh, that's under <laughs> no pressure. That means nothing right now. Just wait until that you get no, that, I know. that high chopper towards third, and you got to get that thing out of your glove quick. Uh oh.
2: Well, we can't have him pulling the, uh, you know, the Corbin Bernson character at, at Major League, the Olay, you know, over at third, uh, maybe spiking himself. I mean, that's just, that just can't happen. He has this weird face paint thing going on. He looks like the ultimate warrior. <laughs> uh, we need to give him a haircut. Uh, we'll wind down hour one. Hale Varsity continues, presented by the Nebraska Lottery.
1: He's in his 30s, but sounds like he was born with a stogie in one hand and a brew in the other. Now, say my name. It's Schmitty on Hale Varsity Radio. I got the body of a taut preteen teen Swedish boy.
2: One final time this hour, Hail Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbel, Charlie McBride, Mr. Blackshirt, coming up. Or another another Monday with Charlie Chad. It's been forever since we've well, I've talked to him anyway. He's uh, last couple of weeks or so, so we'll get his take on things. As uh, you got a 3-2 pitch fouled off out of play. As Millard West batting right now, Southwest freshman in the uh, field. Reminder to get buckled up. Coaches make substitutions during the game, and the best player uh, to get the best player on the field, getting behind the wheel after drinking, also demands a substitution. Sober drivers are the only choice. A DUI costs more than you think. A message from the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. can send an email in, chris at halevarsity.com. Uh, we will dive into some news and notes for spring ball with Coach McBride, specifically uh, the tackling aspect, uh, getting that, re- that defensive line reloaded, uh, concerns you have. Also get his thoughts on Xavier Betts with what his future looks like uh, with Nebraska and uh, where uh, things go from there. Uh, interesting to uh, – to kind of get the the feel out here with the NCAA, Elijah, were you pretty pretty confident that the, the, the Peacocks their their strut was done heading into the Carolina game? Or how did you or would you have bet that one? I'm thinking, you know, that seven and a half, eight and a half point line was was just perfect to to load up on Carolina. Too much going on here with uh, with Carolina. A great run by the Peacocks. Their coach is probably off to to Seton Hall, but uh, they were a fun story. Time moments. Yeah, they they took down Purdue. Yeah, they took down Kentucky, but they uh, they eventually got drilled. Hey, you dropped
3: out there briefly. I still got the the heart of your point here and no, I'm not surprised that, that St. Peter's run ended because when you're talking a lead eight for a team to make the jump to the final four, I mean, Look who made the Final Four this year. It's it's the Blue Bloods that right. have experienced coaches, coaches that have been there and done that before. It's, it's a different kind of basketball whenever you're trying to make that jump into the Final Four. And I'm personally really excited to see these four teams that we have with Duke, North Carolina, uh, Villanova, and Kansas. What a perfect four that's going to be uh, just in terms of the, the college football Blue Bloods. I am super, super excited to be able to see that North Carolina-Duke game. All the, the former stars that are going to be in attendance, especially for Duke, going to see what may be Coach K's final game Absolutely going to be his last game ever against North Carolina. That's going to be awesome to see. And you got to think the who's who from North Carolina is going to show up, too. That's awesome. And, and then they have the the honor of going to play. Uh, whoever wins that game will go play the winner of, of Kansas and Villanova. I don't think no matter who wins either
2: the Final Four games, uh, it, it's
3: not going to be a bad championship game. It's setting up for an awesome Final Four this year.
2: I think you're right on. And you have a, an opportunity with – Uh, You know, part three here, that Carolina-Duke showdown. Uh, You want a a redo a mulligan if you're Duke with how things ended uh, in your final home game of your career where you get blasted uh, by a Carolina team and Carolina carried that momentum forward. They played the best out of anybody in the tournament. I really like uh, what Kansas has done, and as good as Villanova is, Kansas is – Identity, their transition ability could be a problem for Villanova, but yeah, it's going to be a, a, a you know a slugfest against Carolina Duke. Coach McBride is next in our two on the way with Hale Varsity. Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity. And I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HailVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HailVarsity.com backslash Into Hour 2, it's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbel, and a heck of a catch by the center fielder at uh, Millard West. A uh, line shot from Poncho Bomber got uh, snuffed out as we're on the road. Junior's playing baseball today up in Omaha, and why not take the show on the road and see how he performs? Numbers to get in, 466 377 825 Five eight six five. It's that time. I've missed talking to uh, this man. It's uh, Mr. Blackshirt, Charlie McBride. A Monday with Charlie joins us. Coach, how's uh, things going in Michigan? How are you?
8: Oh, it's nice. The sun's out and the wind's blowing like heck, and <laughs> the weather's kind of cold. It's like winter coming back. <laughs> so I, I we'll don't just... disagree
2: with you. We've got a, a wind out of the north here. That's brutal. I don't I, I can't gauge it. I just know that it wouldn't be any good for me off the T-box today, but we're playing baseball, coach, and everyone's in long sleeves and oh. Oh. you know what? The sun is shining, but uh hey, it's good to be I watched the game the game
8: on Sunday so in watching- Michigan and it, you know, but everybody looked packed. There's snowsuits on in the stands.
2: Uh, you're right. It was cold this weekend for baseball. Absolutely. Well, Coach, we're, we're winding down. Uh, spring football, the The ninth is looming. And I, I enjoyed listening to Coach Chinander after practice today. Uh, a lot of good back and forth on uh, both sides of the ball from the sounds of it. Sounds like the offense had a good scrimmage in that first scrimmage a couple of Saturdays ago. The defense uh, had a had a good go this weekend and you know, what what did you want to get out? How did you handle, I guess, uh, one of your live scrimmages before the spring game if your guys didn't perform well?
8: Well they they do it. They're doing exactly what happened to us. With one 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 day the, the offense had just terrorize you and the next day the defense would terrorize them. You know, it's it's just I, it just gets. It happens that way. Uh, you just never know. You know, a lot of times the kids maybe aren't prepared. You know, for really doing what you know, playing as hard as they can or something like that. You don't. You never know exactly. But, but that happens. I mean, that's nothing to even. I don't think it even concerns you. I think it, the biggest concern is. You know that you get evaluation. I mean, the spring ball—that's what it is. I mean, you'll put some maybe a third team in there with the first team and find out he's pretty good. You know, and you know, do do some of that kind of stuff. So you don't know if they did that in the secondary, say, or the linebacker position, or whatever, or outside linebackers too. And um, you know that may that that may be one of the reasons that happens.
2: Charlie McBride's with us. It's Hale Varsity Radio on Monday with Charlie, Coach. Coach Janander talked about tackling and uh, that uh, that situation here. Uh, mm-hmm. Tackling needs more work. It can never be good enough. But Coach, it's it's a it's a new reality. And Elijah and I were talking about it in hour one. Just what you're asking the kids to do on Saturday, yet what they're limited to do Monday through Friday in spring and in summer and of course during the fall because of the contact rules.
8: Yeah, well, I'm not sure what you know, I see a lot of the stuff going on here at Michigan State. They wear these special helmets when they're in sweats and you know, they protect their heads pretty good. You know, I guess that's that's kind of what they're for. I I don't I don't know, but I notice a lot of the teams in the Big 10 are practicing with those you know, other type of helmets on. To, you know, they a lot of them wear those helmets, I guess, in seven-on-seven seven and things like that in the summertime, um, which is a good idea, you know, to keep yourself just from getting hit and then cut your head open or something like that. But I, I know that you can. There's, there's tackling drills you can do that aren't full speed. There's a, there's a lot of them. More of them that, you, that are like that. Um, you know, that, that are, and what we used to do is we, when we had some kind of a one-on-one situation, we used dummies, uh, three of them. Um, there were about five, one in the middle and and the other ones right on the outside of a five yard line. And then we usually put a lot of the times we'd put secondary guys, um, would, would be running the ball. And, you know, we'd, we'd let them make one move and try to break through one of the two sides of the middle one. And the guys coming up would have to, you know, zero in on them. It's kind of an open field thing, and it's kind of a linebacker thing behind the line of scrimmage. and it's a But it's it's open where you don't, you know, have any help. And the point is, is that we we used to call it the goal line one, and you take the guy and try to drive him back over the the other line you know, where the bags are. And, you know, it's just a, it was a simple drill, but it, it worked. And you could do that, in reality, you can do that with helmets and, and sweats. You'd have to have a head, you want to have a headgear on. But, you know, some of those. And then form tackling all the time. You know, a lot of form tackling and and things like that. You know, they tried to change the, Tackling rules or how to tackle and things like that, and I think it got done about oh, probably 10 percent of the time. Some I, I would see it happening actually, but you go back to the old days and you still are tackling with your head across the front and you know because uh, strong backs will you know if you put your head behind they'll spin out or they'll just be too strong for one arm. So you have to you have to really be careful. I think it's realistic to say that good back is not going to be tackled by one of your arms.
2: <laughs> I think you're right. You need a host of guys around the the good back as well. Some gang tackling going on. Coach, uh, was there a year you you were concerned? uh on the defensive line just because you had some new faces some new guys or were you confident that guys were gonna gonna put the work in and get developed to be ready that's that's the that's the, the age-old question right is can, yeah. we, can we get enough time to get the kids ready when it's their time to step up and have a larger role well i i
8: i was i was a fundamental nut and um you know, that was my, that was one of the things that I was disappointed in when I went to Nebraska. I think uh, both on the, both staffs I was on before, we spent more time with fundamentals at first on defense. You know, I mean, it was, uh, so, uh, which means that sometimes you get caught up, in, you know, it's hard to say how you set your practice schedule. If the defense sets theirs, to go with the offense, you're going to find very little time for fundamental work probably. Uh, you won't find as much. So what we did was we fit in our number with it, but if they had a two 10-minute periods, we might have one 20-minute period. Uh, we, had to, we had to break it down that way, and it helped a lot when we figured it out. But we rather than sit and wait till the offense got it done, they just handed us their numbers And we looked at it and tried to fit our practice in and our fundamental periods in, you know, during the practice. And then when we got the teamwork, we were all together, you know, so it was, it worked out and it worked out really good.
3: Charlie McBride's with us here on Hale Varsity Radio and coach, there was something interesting that uh, coach Janander said this morning. I wanted to get your take on it. And he said, I'm paraphrasing for him here, but he essentially said, if you don't have a, a high level D line, it does not matter what league you're in, what level you're playing at. You're not going to have a very good defense. If you don't have that high level D line, would you, would you agree with that?
8: <laughs> well, I'll tell you one thing. I agree with it. Is If you don't have defense, a good defense and offensive line, you can't win period. One of the two is going to fail you. And um, it's going to cost you football games. So, um you have to really work hard at you know uh we worked really hard in in preseason of course we had 20 days so you you got to understand these guys don't have as much time as you know and they're and they're actually scrambling to get stuff in and doing things so fundamentally it may pass up until preseason a little bit and um But you know, the the, football is still blocking and tackling. (laughs) You know, and uh, that's just the way it is. And and so, you know, y'all, I always had that in the back of my mind that if we can't block and we can't tackle, we can't win. And uh, that's pretty much that's pretty much the name of the game. If you don't, you know, if you don't have a good defensive team uh, fundamentally up front, and they're gashing you all the time. They're just keeping the ball. and take, The thing you want to do is get the ball away from them so that they don't use the clock up with their offense. And uh, that's, you know, we want to get the ball for the offense, period. We're responsible for that. So, you know, that's just the way I looked at it. Uh, you know, some people, you know, have rocket ships and are rocket scientists, and some people aren't.
2: <laughs> well, the uh, the 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 blocking and tackling part is uh, is is right on, uh, and uh, that's uh, that's pretty good. Charlie McBride's with us on Monday with Charlie on Hale Varsity. As you had a play over at third, and Junior was just tardy on the uh, the tag, but a really good slide. Sorry, I had to break in with a little play by play there, Coach. Uh, as, my kid's okay. playing uh, the hot corner, you know, and and he actually caught it. So that was good. Uh, it has his mom's hands, which is good. Uh, I wanted to get your thoughts, Coach McBride, on, on Xavier Bats He's Nebraska's wide out. That's not part of the team right now, trying to figure some things out. And you've had uh, a lot of times he, he was number 15. He's a Bellevue West kid. And right now he's not on the team. And he's, I, I think the, the, the gist of it is, is he's not sure he wants to play ball. Anymore, um, is there a is there a situation or an instance you you had to yeah. kind of talk a kid back, or how did how did you handle moments like that? There there hasn't
8: been a, there hasn't been a school that that um, I haven't been at where there hasn't been a, a situation like that. Um, it, it happens mostly in, in when you're not having games and you're not you know playing well or you don't have confidence in yourself. A lot of times, you know, you just kind of get caught up in, you know, in, in thinking that this is too much. And I think a lot of it, uh, a lot, you know, it's really funny. A lot of it went back. I remember one time at Wisconsin, um, this guy just missed his girlfriend. <laughs> I mean, you know, we were having preseason and he's going to take, he's going to leave. And his you know and his mom and dad and girlfriend came up and spent the weekend, and the kids was ended up being the captain of the team before it was all over, so you know there's different things, but parents can be very you know helpful in some of that. I think a lot of them have to fight through it um so you know I would myself I would probably find out what you know what kind of home he's got and what kind of people that you know would encourage him. To hanging out, and he's only got a few days left in the spring, um, you know, and it may be worth him staying on and finishing up the spring and see how it goes. But uh, th- those things do happen. I mean, I, that's a normal. I think that for having as many kids as there are out there now, uh, we didn't have that many when we were, you know, uh, playing or in the old days. We just. You know, I don't remember any of them when I was there, but, you know, you went to school and you were playing and that was it, period. (laughs) You ask ask your dad, Dad, I don't know if I like this. He said,
2: so what? Keep going. (laughs) (laughs) You keep keep going. Coach, uh, about out of time. What did they get your thoughts on, on your old buddy Coach K and Duke back in the Final Four? They got another rendezvous with North Carolina. Just like you had it picked, right, your Final Four?
8: Oh, geez, that that he's you
2: know
8: he's he's such a he's a you know a monument is what he is in in basketball. I mean, he's coached the American teams. He's done he's done about everything he can do and more than most college coaches can do. You know, he's he's recruited well. He's the kids of a lot of his kids have graduated. You know, he's got a good graduation rate, and uh, so everything he's done. And he he seems like a pretty nice guy, right?
2: But I'll well, of course, what. I mean he's under the Bobby Knight yeah. umbrella, sure. Yeah.
8: But he's, you know, he's really disciplined and in, and in, in off the field. I mean, he really is demanding uh, of his players, you know, and mm-hmm. I think a lot of it is why they like it. Um I think the good kids like that, you know, have somebody reading really on them and you know being sure they do the right things and and so it, it he he was that kind of a guy and you know he, he was i remember kids telling me that they coached and coached in high school they'd say boy he'd get cranked up and you want to put your plugs in <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's pretty good coach we'll uh, get you back on the horn next monday and get ready for the spring game and thanks so much for taking time it's good to talk with you again
8: Okay, hope the weather turns better.
2: <laughs> well, same for you. <laughs> Take,
8: Take care. care. Talk to you next week. Thank you. Bye.
2: There he is, Charlie McBride, a Monday with Charlie. Good stuff on the tackling, uh, on uh, the bet situation, and, uh, of course, just trying to get better as a football team. Steve Marak, thoughts on Husker baseball and the spring practice session. It's Hale Varsity Roadshow here at uh, Millard West. Freshman baseball between the Wildcats and Silverhawks, Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery.
6: Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. I'm Brandon Vogel, managing editor of Hale Varsity, and I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to hailvarsity.com/slash/subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for ten dollars off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's hailvarsity.com/slash/subscribe, promo code GBR. And now, and
2: now back to Hail Varsity Radio. Thanks for spending time at Hail Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. The uh, freshman Silver Hawks have a base runner finally. And a hit, which is good. It's a one nothing uh, Millard West lead as we are in the top of the third inning. Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbel, Roadshow Monday here at the Wildcat uh, Baseball and Softball Complex. As we welcome in Steve Marek with HaleVarsity.com and Magazine. Talk some spring football, some Husker baseball. Steve, what do you know? How you doing?
0: Hey, Chris, I'm doing great. Just enjoying this lovely weather uh, that we uh, got got this afternoon. How's the high school baseball?
2: It's good. Uh, It's it's a little windy, but it's fine. You know, it is spring in Nebraska. That's how it shakes out. And you have the kids that are all hot boxes, right? They're in their long sleeves and they're good. And moms and dads (laughs) off to the east uh, bleachers right now. I mean, it is polar bear club time, man. I mean, it's blankets and... I think I see about seven snuggies. I'm not going to point out who's wearing them, but that's what uh, that's what's going on. Uh, we will also not go around and test and what, because that wouldn't be very nice either. So let's talk Husker baseball. Uh, a tough weekend for the the Big Red. A great comeback and uh, win despite four bombs consecutively given up Friday. You had a shot and then you just didn't take care of business Saturday. You you lose eight to six there. And then yesterday, no offense at all. What 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 type of weight did you put on this weekend's opportunity with Nebraska v Michigan? What what needed to happen versus what happened?
0: Yeah, I thought those were some winnable games uh, for for the Nebraska players, and, and they said as much after after the game in the post game interviews. Um, they really thought that they had great chances to kind of just kind of make make those make more of what they had of those three games. Of course, they won the first one. Um, but let's let's remember that Michigan kind of screwed up on on themselves. They they uh, punked four batters, hit four batters, and they walked another eleven. So they didn't um, do themselves much um, much favor over there on that Friday night um, loss for Michigan. But yeah, those Saturday losses and then the Sunday all uh, loss for Nebraska. They had opportunities, but um, like like they've kind of showed uh, throughout the season, they just haven't always cashed in on them, and I think Sunday they were 0-6 um, when they had runners in scoring position and, and left 10 base runners on um, in that Sunday loss, so it was just kind of a, a poor outing um, at, at, the, at the plate on Sunday.
2: Steve Marks with us from com and Magazine, a beat writer for City uh, for covering Nebraska baseball and does so with football and Husker women's basketball. Steve, what, what, what are you sensing from Will Bolt? We played a little bit of Will earlier in the show, and Talks about the little things and the older guys and the, 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 the thing that Nebraska is most consistent with is inconsistency, but that's not. Nebraska is young, yes, but it seems like some of the older guys are the ones that aren't as maybe buttoned up as they, as they need be. What, what's your feel? Is he uber frustrated? Does he think it'll shake itself out? How's he feeling here about uh, midway point of the year?
0: Yeah, so after the games, I get the vibe that, like, of course he's frustrated, but I also think that um, he, he knows that it's a long season. Things could turn around. It's, it's, it's baseball. There's a lot of games. Um, but, uh, yeah, overall, there's just a lot of frustration right now. And, and talking with uh, Max Anderson after the game, too, he said um, something interesting about, you know, how – and this would have been after that Sunday loss where, only scored, where they only scored one run and that was Max's um, home run to right field – uh, Max said that you know maybe maybe some guys need to stop playing hero ball maybe and and he said that you know he wasn't pointing anybody out specifically because he said that you know sometimes he does that it's just something that you do in baseball you want to step up to the plate and you know hit a dinger hit a dinger but um, yeah he he mentioned kind of just not trying to do too much and keep the line moving and and you know it's a it's a team game. Um, everybody's got a bat everybody can everybody can chip in with this thing but it's just not happening um like that um on offense just that they aren't stringing together hits and and like i mentioned earlier um, when you have runners on runners on base with the opportunity to score them those are just key situations that you need to cash in on and right now nebraska is definitely not doing it i mean if you look at, the, look at the roster, they only have a couple guys that are battling over 300 right now with Garrett Anglum, the right freshman from Antonio La and then uh, the captain, Griffin Everett. Um, so, yeah, they just need to – I think it just starts at the plate with, with um, you know, getting the bats going and, and stringing together some hits and not trying to be too much and not trying to hit the, hit the ball out of the ballpark every single time. So just keep the line moving. That's what uh, Coach Bolt and, and Max Anderson were kind of big on after those games.
3: Steve Merrick's with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And, Steve, I think one thing that could be a positive takeaway from this weekend, despite the fact that Nebraska did lose two, was that they rolled with the same nine guys, I guess I should say eight guys, out in the defense. Uh, They did change up the DH a couple times, but do you think they have found uh, a defensive lineup that they're going to roll with this season? Have they finally worked through who they want their, their starting eight to be, I guess?
0: Yeah, yeah, that's a good point, and you know they they did roll up the same guys, and I I think another thing to mention here is, is just the error situation. Nebraska has had an error problem. They they kind of cleaned it up lately a little bit, but it rubbed it it uh, reared its ugly head again in that Sunday loss with with an error at shortstop from Bryce Matthews. But uh, yeah, overall, I think they got a they got a good a solid solid lineup defensively that I think they've kind of settled on, and I think Will Bolt um, would like to just see some. More consistency with and and, and things like that. I, I think they have just a solid solid group of guys that with Bryce at, over there at shortstop and then Court Jackson kind of learning learning on the fly here in his first uh, season at of Division One uh, baseball. He's, he's made some some mistakes, but he's also um, did some good things over there at second base too, and then uh, Max Anderson at third. Griffin at catcher and then maybe just a, a combination of Jack style. I know he's kind of been there um, over there at, at first and then got the outfielder. So, yeah, I think it's a good lineup. I think it's a solid lineup. But, again, they need to cut down on the errors. And so maybe maybe it is something that um, uh, we'll keep, you know, kind of tinkering with and, and toying with, with that lineup. So um, I guess we'll see when they take the field on uh, tomorrow at Creighton and then, again, later on in Ohio when they take on Ohio State.
2: Steve will uh, no doubt be watching that Creighton game because that, that's obviously a pretty big-time rivalry. And, you know, can Nebraska yeah. maybe kickstart their season with that opportunity up there at, uh, at, at Ameritrade? I want to go to spring football. And what's your sense here uh, from from Nebraska here as they're, they're winding down? Spring ball, uh, and I know you had a really good story. Nebraska is having to make some chicken salad out of the injury situation at tight end. Yeah, and it sounds like Rollins had a pretty good, pretty good day on Saturday.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, uh, today, sticking with that tight end group, yeah, that's a, it's, it's just an interesting um, kind of thought because going into the spring, uh, the tight ends, I think you would view them as 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 the kind of position that you kind of felt the most confident in. Uh, but then the you know Thomas Fidoni injury happened, and then Chris Hickman showed up with the sling and over his left arm. And then you know it's just they they're, they've been ravaged. That that position, tight end position, has been ravaged with injuries, and you're gonna just gonna have to dig deep with with uh, some really young guys who have who haven't really played much in their uh, college football careers. They're gonna be taking the the bulk of the snaps, especially with uh, Travis uh, Vokula, who I feel really great about as a as a player and a leader. Um, but he's not practicing this spring uh, as he rehab surgery. So, um, yeah, that the tight end group is really going really going to be interesting to see who's who's getting the snaps and, and how well those young guys um, like AJ Rollins at Creighton Prep grad that you mentioned um, how he kind of develops and continues to work and, and work on his receiving skills because you know I, I can see him being a really great in line uh, tight end down the road in this conference. But you know, there's other games, other other things that uh, tight ends are expected to do. Football offense, and that's catch the football. So um, it'll be really interesting to see how those guys um, kind of progress through their um, through their uh, careers. But today we've got to talk with uh, Eric Shenander and, and uh, Mike Dawson, the, the outside linebackers and defensive line coach, and they, they were pretty interesting. Um, but I got the sense that, you know, they're you know, it's, it's spring ball. There's some mistakes being made. The tackling isn't really um, where, where uh, both guys want it to be. But, again, it's spring ball, and they haven't had a lot of opportunities to live tackle and bring and bring guys to the ground. So it's it's going to be uh, choppy and sloppy like that um, in the spring. But, yeah, there's a bunch of just a huge uh, portion of, of uh, a lot of holes in there, I guess, um, love to be filled and, and question marks kind of all over the place, none other than. The biggest one in my mind, at least, is that interior defensive line behind uh, Ty Robinson and Casey Rogers.
2: You said it because you've got to be strong uh, on that point of attack. You lost a ton, Steve, uh, with that defensive line. You went from uh, a great rotation to now you you know what you got in Ty, and and he can have a a really – productive season after starting for a season, right? So there's some experience there. You need Casey to stay healthy because when he is healthy, he makes plays. You're wondering yep. about uh, uh, about Tariq a little bit and, and of course, the, the polar bear. I mean, those are all guys that need to contribute and do well, but this is really the first time they'll have a, 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 an abundance of snaps uh, available to them. So I think there is some patience needed because it it is a reality. You can't just go in and, and ball. I mean, sometimes it takes a season to get comfortable and, and on the lines of scrimmage, especially.
0: Yeah, a- absolutely. And then I mean, you just look at the schedule, and then, oh, by the way, we're we're uh, starting the season with a Big Ten uh, conference opponent. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, there is there's time to get things figured out right now. But man, uh, late August is approaching quick, and and guys like you know, like you just said, uh, Nash Hutmacher. And then Masai Newsom was kind of the one. He he came yes. out and was the kind of defensive lineman that talked to the media today, um, and he's he's looking pretty good. He said he was um, kind of hovering around 300 pounds, but um, yeah, Masai Newsom is a guy who who came to who came to uh, campus as kind of an edge guy from Iowa, but he's kind of needed to bulk up, put on pounds, put on strength, and and just kind of move inside to to one of those in, interior defensive line spots. And I think he's going to be. Pretty important, and and I think the coaching staff is really kind of depending on him um, as a guy who can provide depth right behind uh, Ty Rodgers, uh, Ty, Ty Robinson, and K T Rogers too. Um, so yeah, but yeah, uh, I loved what Nash Mocker did last year. He didn't play a ton, but when he was out there, man, he, he just you know guys didn't really move him, and that was really impressive for for a second year player. Um, but yeah, do we know how he's going to react to a full Big Ten you know slate? You know, a lot of these. A lot of these guys that are um, going to be competing for snaps here, they haven't really played a ton of college football, and we don't really know how they're going to react to being out there every day. Like a guy like Nash Hartmarker, how many reps is he going to be playing like in a game? That's that's something that I'm going to really um, kind of focus on and keep an eye on during this season, and as well as Masai Newsom and how much how many reps he's able to give the defensive line, and then also some of these really really young guys like Jalen Weaver, Roquan Buckley. Um, Those those are going to be really interesting pieces um, to kind of see how they help out as well as Colton Feast, that uh, in-state walk-on from UTAN.
2: Steve Mark with Hale Bar City. Steve, thanks for jumping on today, bud. We'll get caught up again soon. Have a good week.
0: Absolutely. Let's do it. Thank you, Chris.
2: and enter in the promo code GBR for ten dollars off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR.
1: Chime in four oh two four six six ESPN or email the show Chris at HailVarsity.com. Just try me, try me. Back to
2: Hail Varsity Radio. Back here at Millard West, as it is freshman baseball. Southwest and Millard West tied at one. You have uh, two hits for the Silver Hawk freshman team. Three for Millard West. There's trouble brewing at second base and just one out as Southwest has performed pretty well. Millard West, really a, a talented squad, and junior at the uh, the hot corner at third base. We won't get into great detail about his uh, his at bat. Uh, a lot, of, a lot of fishing, a lot of reading. It was your first at bat of the year. Uh, I'm sure his mother is screaming at him in the stands, and I'm just embarrassing him on the radio. Elijah, <laughs> you're an umpire, man. I got to say, the umps up here are doing a great job. They are uh, all over it. There's been some really nice—I mean, not difficult calls, but they've been on top of it. And the strike zone's been really consistent. Both pitchers have uh, used the breaking pitch to their advantage, and. Kids have been uh, pretty aggressive at the dish, and it's been it's been uh, it's been a well played game. Conditions it, it looks way better than it is outside. I can only imagine, man, trying to catch a fly ball, and the outfielders have played uh, very well for for both teams.
3: Yeah, and. First things first, most the biggest thing you can ask for from your umpire, especially at high school level, is consistency with the strike zone. That's huge. For uh, your base umpire, you want to see him out there uh, moving around, getting out there, getting his angle. So if you got those two things, you, you already got all you can ask for from the umpires. As for the conditions, that was one thing that I was surprised by on Saturday was a lot more kids than I was expecting when I got out there. We're, we're rocking the, the sleeveless look, trying to tough it through the cold. I'm out there with my <laughs> long johns on. I got three layers on underneath my uh, my umpire's jacket, just trying to stay warm. And there's players out there with no sleeves on. I'm like, man, I didn't realize, like, the, the tough guy thing was a, a thing in baseball. I remember it in football. Like, you had those linemen going out there with no sleeves on and like, oh, yeah, I'm a tough guy. But it wasn't expecting it in baseball.
2: No, it's a, uh, it's a, like, mandatory deal for football. No sleeves allowed with the offensive linemen. Baseball, you got to have sleeves. You got to stay warm. It was just awful Saturday, and I know you on Saturday, we were at Northeast and North Star, and the wind was in our face all the time. There wasn't enough Citron in the world to warm us up. Um It was – we just froze, man. We just froze. But the first thing you can ask of your umpire is to not have a creepy mustache. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You, you back in the studio, um, it's gone from from creepy to respectable now. The the more that thing fills in, I give you credit, would your mustache fall off if you were slapped with an open hand by Will Smith (laughs) is my question.
3: That's a good question. Uh, The the, the main thing with the mustache is – uh, the single mothers in the stands really loved it. I didn't talk to any of them, but I could just see from afar that, that they respected it. So, you,
2: so you're, you're trying to find a date in the stands. Is that why you're rocking that mustache? That's no, pretty no. good.
3: <laughs> no, but, but I, I will give Chris Rock one thing. Man, he took that shot from Will Smith last night like a champ. Well, let me ask you, staged or no? Staged or no? I, I don't think so. Because but, but the, the,
2: Cause you've got some conspiracy theories going on uh, on, on Twitter and on Facebook about... Well, you know, I mean, because one minute Will's smiling, the next minute, like Chris rocks the, the you know the stand-up guy that gets the the the, the his butt kicked after the show. <laughs> hey, what, what I'll say? Is I,
3: uh, I I saw from the the slap it, it's a it's a it's a big dramatic slap from Will Smith. You can tell he's taken some acting classes on like stage fighting and whatnot. But whenever you you yeah. look at the reaction from Chris Rock, I, I think that looked legit to me. Like I, I think Will Smith. Heard the joke initially, thought it was funny, and then looked over at his wife and Then saw
2: his wife. Yeah. His wife was burning a hole through him. And I think he realized, <laughs> was you know, what? Him down.
3: maybe I need to go stand up for my wife here. And I think he went and did just that. I mean, you see Chris Rock take the slap, and immediately his hands go from behind his back to in, in front of him and almost up towards his face. Like maybe he was getting ready to block another incoming slap. Like he didn't know what was coming. And then my, my, my second thing where I think it's true is. You never once saw Chris Rock go up and, and like rub the face like ow that hurt, and I feel like that would be a, a standard uh, from an actor who's trying to sell the fact that he just got hit when he didn't actually get hit that hurts you up and ah he, man he my was face he
2: was surprised, but
3: he, he went with the, the baseball player approach, which is act like it doesn't hurt, act like he just took it like a champ. You're not going to touch that spot where that where the ball just plunked you. You're not going to touch that spot where the hand just slapped you, and you're going to keep on going. You're wear I think it legit. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you're gonna wear it, yep. and you're gonna like it. Now, what happened at that table? Will goes from from smiling to oh, uh, she just gave me the look, and then she just kicked me under the table. So uh, yeah, I better go do something. Here is part of the Oscars. I didn't know this happened till this morning because I was, well, I was probably snoring away. But, uh, hey, guess what? Even sports uh, dorks are talking about the Oscars, and here is part of uh, Chris Rock and Will Smith last night. Jada, I love you.
7: G.I. Jane too. can't wait to see it. All right? <laughs> 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 it's jealousy. That
1: was a nice one. Okay. I'm out here. Uh-oh. Richard? <laughs> oh, wow.
2: there's the slap. Yeah, there's the slap. And he's like, "Uh uh-oh, Richard, uh uh-oh. Chris Rock's hilarious. And the first stand-up I saw of his was probably 96 or 98. And he went, like, full bore on OJ. It was so (laughs) funny. (laughs) Just, like, losing it on OJ. A little bit more from uh, from Will Smith as uh, uh, the uh, practice and standards folks with ABC – we're ready with the, uh, the delay trigger, but not internationally. Here's, uh, here's Will Smith screaming at Chris. Will Smith just smacked
7: the shit
1: out of me. Keep
2: the, my uh, name out your
0: mouth.
7: Wow, dude.
5: Yeah.
2: It was a G.I. Jane jump. Keep
5: my wife's name out your f***ing mouth.
2: Uh, in other news, you have a opposite field, two RBI single by Millard West. Nice piece of two-strike hitting on a pitch that was a really good pitch, but a better piece of offense. And the uh, Wildcats are now up 3-1, to one, still one down here as we're in the bottom of the third right now. Uh, that's where we sit. Any more here from this? I think it was, it was authentic. You have the academy condemning. Uh, what happened, and you know, every guy's been in that situation where his girlfriend, wife, significant other has been insulted, and you uh, you need to address it, otherwise, uh, she will never forgive you nor forget. Elijah, it's that simple,
3: yeah. Um, I can't say I've ever been there, maybe that's just me, but uh, I, I, I don't know. All I will say is, I don't think there's any reason here. For the Oscars to have fabricated this, they're an upstanding like worldwide award show. Why they are, but no
2: one's watching them, man.
3: But wh- still, why would you go on and, and like that's it, it lowers the bar for your own. No, show, I know,
2: man. I know it does. I mean, the the thing is, what's really cool last night is you had a hearing impaired person win win an Oscar. That's incredible. That makes me think of you know the way that the audience responded to the to the winner with the, uh, the hands, the way uh, Nebraska fans greeted Kenny Walker on Senior Day. And uh, that was uh, like a moment of my childhood that I, I will never forget. It was really cool how Kenny signed to, to the crowd, I love you. And uh, the, the interpreter uh, did a great job of, of conveying the uh, the winner's thoughts. And, and then, you know, Will Smith's been a, a really awesome actor for a lot of years. And instead of, yep, this is your, your first win uh with the Academy, it's it's oh this that's that's the Oscars that Chris Rock got the bleep smacked out of him. Let's uh, step away. We'll wind down a Monday road show as we are here at uh, Millard West Lincoln Southwest Freshman Ball at Hale Varsity on the road, presented by the Nebraska Lottery.
6: Like what you hear? High quality radio and podcasts are just part of what we do at Hale Varsity. I'm Brandon Vogel, managing editor. I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast. Ten dollars off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than twenty dollars, can get everything we do: ten issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HailVarsity.com. Just go to HailVarsity.com/slash-subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for ten dollars off a full year of Hale varsity. That's HailVarsity.com/slash-subscribe promo code GBR.
1: Miss us. Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at hailvarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio.
2: One final time on a Monday road show here at uh, Millard West. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. As a uh, tough hill to climb, pitching change now 4-1. to one. Millard West over Southwest, two down. A little interesting way on the, the last run scored. We'll just let you read the box score on that one. And we'll, uh, no doubt, be ready tomorrow to talk some more spring football. Uh, Russ Landy, NFL insider, going to be with us this week. Get his take on uh, how some of the Huskers are faring as the uh, the draft coverage leads up. Final four weekend is, is set now with Carolina and Duke and Kansas and Villanova. Kansas arguably the quietest one seed in a long time, but, man, they're playing good ball. It'd be fun to see a Carolina and Kansas championship game. I know Hooksy's still celebrating a little bit uh, with his Tar Heels making it there. And uh, we'll check in with Mitch Sherman. More thoughts from Mitch on Nebraska baseball. And he had a really good story on Zane Flores out of Gretna. Uh, Zane getting a, a, a Washington offer. So he is getting a boatload of of D1 offers. Still no offer from Nebraska. can send your emails and thoughts, chris at com. Uh, shout out to uh, our old buddy uh, Dollar Bill, William Bill Bryant, uh, LPS Foundation, uh, getting him, giving him the multicultural award. I uh, was able to teach with with Bill uh, when I was teaching, and in, in awesome guy, former Husker, and a great story. He is so good for for kids in the capital city. So props to you, Bill Bryant. Uh, and uh, what, you, what you've done, man, for your entire career. Elijah, what's on the docket tonight? Is it mac and cheese night? Is it fish, fish sticks? What are you doing for, for dinner? I may have to get a brat or something here.
3: See, I'm trying to figure it out. I, I did go and pick myself up a a whole chicken from the store over the weekend, but I don't think tonight. You got a
2: live chicken, did you?
3: No, no, not live. Definitely not live. <laughs> um, i, I got to figure out. I, I don't think tonight's the night for that. I think tonight I'm going to go hit the basketball courts and enjoy the weather while I can, go, go play some pickup, and then... Oh, boxed mac and cheese could be a, a good move tonight. I also have some egg salad sitting in the fridge, so I could make
2: myself Jeez. an egg salad sandwich. No, I know you You, uh, you, you can it. have it all, man. You can have it all. Uh, tomorrow should be good weather-wise. Uh, we're loaded lineup-wise, so that'll be outstanding. You're invited to, to check out the podcast with Hale Varsity Radio, uh, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play is uh, where you can find us. We love hearing feedback, good, bad, or ugly. Give us a rating. Tell us what you think and how uh, how you're entertained or not. And uh, submit it, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and subscribe. It is free and just a, a plethora of uh, podcasts you want to subscribe to with dad that's uh, Shikinick, that's Nick Baugh, that's uh, Greg Smith, that's Brandon Vogel, that's Aaron Sorensen, that's Derek Peterson, uh, that is Jacob Padilla, that's your friend Damon Benning, so uh, just a talented group of dudes and gals uh, with the Hurt at uh, family of podcasts, uh, and uh, yes, Hail Varsity City Radio. Well, I'm going to go uh, bundle up and go check out the rest of this ball game. thanks for hanging in, thanks for tuning in. And Elijah, thanks for uh, driving the boat here. Back at you tomorrow at 4 with Hale City, presented by the Nebraska Lottery.
3: A Huda Media Production.